He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Wednesday, Thursday. It's Thursday already. It's March the 2nd. This is Bill Gunderson. It is the Best Stocks Now show. I am the uh, CEO of Gunderson Capital Management, and we've got a mixed decision again today, split decision on the market, uh, and it's all about interest rates. What else? I mean, that's what's driving the market these days. Forget about earnings. It's all about interest rates. The Dow is up 98, however, and it's being helped by uh, Salesforce, which uh, is now a member of the Dow. Uh, They had blowout earnings last night, and that's uh, propelling the Dow. It's up 98 points to 32,760. The S&P is down 8 points. That's two-tenths of 1%. It's at 3,943. The NASDAQ, on the other hand, with uh, interest rates over 4% right now, that's hitting the growth stocks for now. The NASDAQ is down 60 to 11,318. The Russell 2000 down 9 tenths of 1%. That's, uh, you know, anytime those interest rates drift higher, you see the higher PE stocks and the risk on uh, end of the spectrum get hit the most. Crude oil's having a pretty good day. It's up 38 cents to 78.07. Uh, and we've got gold down $1.90, going nowhere once again, just hanging out in the 1800 neighborhood. And the 10 year, here's the bugaboo today 4.06. Wow, we haven't seen that since last November. So welcome to today's Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. And I'm here with Barry Kite, our resident chartered financial analyst. And Barry, what's the last time we saw 4.06 on the 10-year? And what's causing it? Yeah, it's been, you know, it's really, you can kind of go back and look at when you know, rates were above 4 and then take a look at you know how they went you know but once they went below four take a look at what the nasdaq did and the nasdaq was going in the opposite direction going up as rates were going down and uh, really it's just you know more data points obviously we got the uh, i think the jobs uh, number came in around uh, 190,000 or uh, you know jobless claims uh, i think the estimate now this time was 195,000 so they're getting closer on the estimates and then the biggest thing really is i think uh, there's a a unit labor cost number that came in. Uh, productivity's also kind of been waning uh, as well. One of the lowest readings, I think, year-over-year reading since uh, the set mid-70s. But it's just really the, the that kind of, you know, the fear of that wage price spiral, right, that we've heard about. Yeah. The Fed's been trying to avoid, and that's where you see this jump in unit labor cost today. It is really kind of the data point that's fueling, I think, the uh, certainly the move in the 10-year. Yeah, and, you know, this is one of those times I think you have to look past all of the daily noise going back and forth with the jobs reports and the hot labor market. And I still hold to the belief that two more Fed meetings and they'll be done hiking rates and then they'll see where we're at. And I don't think I think we'll get two uh, quarter of a point hikes. 
and uh, we're going to maintain our target price on the S&P 500 for now, uh, our 12-month target price. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's in the newsletter every weekend, uh, and I spent a lot of time updating that target price. I think we've been right pretty close to it for the last, uh, since 2009 for sure, and uh, you can get that target price uh, update every week. That's what drives our macro decisions and our micro decisions at GundersonCapital.com through our newsletter. Well, we had a mixed day yesterday. Uh, it was up, but then towards the end of the day, you know, things got a little hot, got a little heated in that uh, bond market once again. I saw real good strength yesterday in the energy sector. It seems that when the tech sector wobbles or the growth sector wobbles, uh, the oil stocks are there to kind of pick up the pieces. And the steel stocks have been extraordinarily strong recently. Reliance Steel, Nucor, uh, Teneris, TX, uh, Zeus, Olympic Steel. Uh, and I think that's part of, uh, you know, China expand, going moving back into expansionary territory in February. After six months of contraction, they were in a recession in China. And if you didn't know it, they use a lot of uh, commodities. They are the consumption machine, and they use a lot of oil. So with China back in an expansionary mode, and if they can stay there, uh, that should be pretty bullish for steel, iron ore, and I would think natural gas, and I would think uh, oil also. Okay, <clears throat> well, we ended February with a 3% fall in the market, but we had a good January. I think January, I think we came out of the gate a, a little bit too quickly. I don't think it warranted that. There was a gush of money back into the growth stocks. Uh, the NASDAQ was up 14% at one point in January. I said it was time for a little bit of a pullback. Uh, the market was overheated. That's what it did in February. Now we're kind of back to where we should be here as we uh, start off March. We've got earnings season behind us now. It was a little bit subpar, uh, but uh, didn't really move the numbers all that much for this year. S&P 500 total earnings, that's the key number that we watch. That is the best indicator of the market bar none. And it didn't move the needle much on next year's earnings estimates. And yes, there's individual companies that come in, and uh, you know, Nvidia had blowout earnings here recently. Uh, Salesforce had blowout earnings, and of course, we've had some big uh, disappointments along the way. But it's the aggregate that matters for the overall uh, indexes and market. But we still, you know, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, it's just kind of a, you know, it's a kind of. Weight it back to a recalib. We, we kind of have short memories, and it's really a recalibration of expectations. If you remember, towards the you know uh, part of December and, and, and beginning of you know, and even in January, you had the you know discussion of the you know the Fed would be you know cutting by the end of the end of the year. I don't think we, I don't think we bought into that, but we expected them to pause, right, or at least you know stop raising um, you know in 2023. But you know you had this narrative where. Uh, yeah, you know, Fed's going to be cutting by the end of the year, right? Which, of course, would um, send, you know, especially you know, names that are more co- uh, correlated to the Nasdaq, you know, on, on the way up. And that's really kind of been, I think, reeled back in a bit in terms of, you know, some of these inflation numbers, hot numbers over in over in uh, Europe, and then of course, you know, our, we had uh, you know PPI is one of the most recent ones I can think of 
Um, and then, of course, a sticky labor market, which no one really, uh, you know, kind of envisioned, for particularly not all the way into, uh, say, this first March uh, week of March reading. So uh, just a recalibration of expectations, I think, and, and you know, we kind of re, re, you know, move forward. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm not gonna rule out a rate cut. Oh boy, you know, look at listen to Gunderson. Very late this year or early next year. Okay, that of course that for that to happen, uh, inflation needs to continue to cool down. We're gonna get well, some earnings economy, tonight. We'd have to have a yes. you know, recession. Essentially, you you not one of these. Yes. Are we or are we are not in a recession? I think you'd have to know that you are in a recession. Yeah, that we're headed for one. <laughs> right. So uh, we'll see. Okay. Now tonight, last night we got some. Uh, the big one last night was Salesforce. And uh, right now, we'll get to Salesforce's earnings here in a bit. That's uh, Mark Benioff, the king of ESG, Mark Benioff. Uh, it is up 12.4% today right now, so hats off to Salesforce. And that's probably uh, what's keeping, that's, that, that's that got to be keeping They the put that in the Dow. To, yeah, it's got to be keeping the Dow afloat compared to the rest of the indices. Yeah. Maybe and, that's uh, why it's positive. Yeah, I think so. It's influencing the Dow big time. And, of course, it's a big part of the NASDAQ, too. But there's a few others in the NASDAQ that are uh, dragging it down. Tonight we're going to get Costco. I've noticed a lot of weakness in Costco stock recently. I think maybe their margins are being challenged a little bit uh, with inflation. And uh, I don't currently own Costco stock. I think it's too pricey. Uh, I think that P.E. ratios are too rich and the other uh, valuation ratios. But uh, they'll report, and it is a bellwether. It's definitely a bellwether. It's definitely a step above Walmart and Target. And people look to that for kind of uh, where the upper middle class, I guess, is uh, right now uh, and what the strength of that consumer is, which is a very important area uh, of the consumer. Broadcom's going to report tonight. That's a stock we do like. That's a chip stock. Some notes uh, we own. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a dividend-paying stock. We own the bonds in Broadcom. Uh, ChargePoint's going to report tonight. That's one out there on the edge, uh, the emerging growth stocks uh, with the uh, build-out uh, across America of EV chargers needed. ChargePoint seems to be a leader uh, in that. I think they're the best. Other, Well, I mean, Tesla's the best. And, of course, Tesla, I saw yesterday, as we go into break, they're going to allow non-Tesla car owners to use their chargers. So, uh, charge point tonight. And also, Marvell Technology and Zscaler. We'll be right back. Second quarter of today's Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunnerson and chartered financial analyst Barry Kite. And uh, we do continue to have a split market. The, uh, the Dow's about up 80 and the NASDAQ's down 80. And the big uh, factor today, you've got uh, the 10-year above 4 for the first time in a long time. I thought it would hold 4%. But, uh, no, uh, it's up to 
2.8%, a number we haven't seen for a while, and uh, that's hurting the uh, the growth stocks here uh, today. Now, one of the problems, too, is Europe. Europe's February jobless rate tops forecast but held steady, signaling a continued tight labor market. And that continues to be one of the big factors on inflation is uh, I mean, I just I hear it everywhere, uh, whether it's uh, here or in our neck of the woods or whether it's in the Midwest or whether it's in the Northeast or the Southwest or the uh, <laughs> North, Northwest, wherever, it seems to be a tight labor market. And that's driving wages higher, uh, and that uh, is part of the inflation picture. And uh, it continues uh, to keep inflation Pretty hot. They're at 8.5%. Eurozone inflation rate above forecast in February, despite rapidly easing energy prices. So that tells you that it's the labor market pretty much. You've seen, uh, you know, the bottom dropout of uh, natural gas prices there in Europe. Of course, they were up around 12 or 13% inflation at one time. Now they're at 8.5%. Uh, in February, so there continues to be a little bit hotter than expected uh, inflation, not only here in America, but around the world. The Federal Reserve needs to push rates to 5.25. Now, this is Bostic, Raphael Bostic. He's right in there with us. Uh, and then hold until 2024. You know, that's even a little more dovish than we are. We're more in the 5.375 to 5.5 area. He's at five and a quarter, and then hold until 2024. And that would be bullish for the market, uh, for the stock market, and it would be bullish for the bond market. And, you know, we continue to find a lot of really good individual bonds in the five and a half to six area. That's kind of the sweet spot in the market right now. And, uh, of course, if rates uh, start to go back down from 4.06, to me, this is a pretty good buying opportunity right now in individual bonds that you're going to hold to maturity. And once again, you know, <clears throat> if I can't really tell you that the market's going to do 6% a year for the next three years okay, or five years, three to five years. Uh, but, uh, you know, these individual bonds that you hold till maturity for the for the faint of heart, okay, for those that uh, uh, are, uh, are squeamish, uh, you know, about QQQs and SPY and all of this kind of stuff, uh, that's not a bad alternative right now. We weren't talking this way a year ago, two years ago, three <laughs> years ago, four years ago. You used to send me the I tell, I tell, oh my tell gosh. clients that you used to. We used to send each other the worst bond uh, bond deal. We'd be like, yeah, three percent for this. Or I remember when, yep. remember you when had Apple, zero interest rates. Yeah, remember oh. Apple had a note, and and I'm pretty sure it came in. Like a treasury or lower Just than a treasury? Just barely above right? a U.S. <laughs> treasury, yeah. Apple. The new and, you know, rate. I've been picking <laughs> off a few of these uh, individual bonds myself, you know. I mean, that's a pretty good return to just sit back and hold that baby till maturity and uh, and cash in and, and get uh, get some pretty good interest on your money. Biden's first veto note, uh, vote. And I was reading about this uh, yesterday. <clears throat> the Senate surprisingly actually 
they got enough Democrats to come in and uh, vote against this uh, ESG invest investing bill. And I think I'm going to handle that in my newsletter uh, this weekend. What is ESG investing? What does it entail? Who's behind it? Uh, what impact uh, would it have? Of course, ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance, okay? And uh, it would, uh, you know, it, at its extreme, it would force, uh, you know, mutual funds and ETFs and teachers unions and money managers, etc., cetera, uh, to, to, to keep their ESG numbers high. Uh, which means, you know, you wouldn't be investing in oil stocks. You wouldn't be investing in drilling stocks. You probably would not be investing in lithium uh, open pit miners, things like this, okay? Uh, car uh, car companies that don't make electric cars, uh, gasoline, all these different things, refiners. Yeah, essentially, it's turning uh, us all into an endowment. I mean, I've sit on I sit on the board as a you know, donate my time to a, to a, to a, an organization, a basically a Methodist organization, where we um, you know help help smaller churches right pool their money and, and get better management and, and cheaper yep. management uh, as a group and. You know, for years we've we've gone around where you know certain things you can invest in, certain things you cannot, right? And that's, you know, and that's uh, and obviously that depends on you know depends on the organization that you're in, right? What fits in yes. that mold versus one you know standard across an entire you know basically across the entire market because what you're going to do is essentially you know you're going to fun you're going to funnel money to particular areas of yeah. the market that you want to get money right um you know so it's a it's an argument that we've had for years and years and years on the endowment side or in a you know in in in, in you know it's just now you get you know it's kind of gotten popularized and it's become you know more of a you know more of a politicized deal i mean the g is important governance in terms of you know aligning ceos and and board directors compensation with uh, you know, with shareholder interest, right? Which is how you're, you know, how you know, it's, you're supposed to be doing things in the, just like we do things and we're supposed to do things in our client's best interest. No different yeah, shareholders. Yeah, we're, we're fiduciaries. It's the okay? E and the and S would... part. Yeah, it's the E and the S part that's the tricky. You know, is the tricky part. How did that come into the mix, right? In terms of you know, share, adding shareholder value, right? And that's, uh, right, that's, that's exactly that right. Means. And of course, BlackRock has been a big uh, force uh, behind all of this. Now, for all they you made a lot of money off of it, by the way, they're, they're, they create the, you could, essentially you're creating an ESG index, which you know you're you're giving you know kind of your stamp of approval on stuff. And by the way, you charge for that stamp of approval, right? Yes, exactly. Well, if you're a contrarian investor wanting to bet against ESG, you can buy the God Bless America ETF, y'all, Y-A-L-L, which is up 16% since its launch in October of 2022. Now, I have no problem, you know, with, you know, the church groups don't want to buy tobacco stocks or alcohol stocks or gambling stocks and things like this, but that's their choice. Exactly. I just don't. I don't like force. I like freedom of choice. Salesforce shares climbed 12 percent as earnings outlook results suggest more strength ahead. Now, Salesforce, it, it's pretty much a cloud stock. It represents the cloud sector. It's a software stock. It's a customer relationship management CRM. 
I think that shows you the strength of the economy a little bit when people are using Salesforce like that. It's up 12.5%. We'll be right back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Welcome back here to the uh, second half of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show. Now, the last time I took a deep dive into uh, Salesforce, I came up with 80% upside potential over the next five years. Those five-year target prices uh, in the app are very, 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 very important uh, because that's one of the criteria I use is uh, 80% or more upside potential. However... Uh, it's been kind of a, a, a sluggish uh, performing stock. Uh, it was ranked 1,818 yesterday. So we don't currently own it, but uh, it came in with much, much, much better than expected numbers. And I think it's an example of what I'm seeing a lot of in the market right now. So, for instance, uh, Salesforce made $4.78 last year. Uh, $5.24 is the estimate for this year, $5.87, then $7.04, just steady growth as she goes. And I'm seeing that in the vast majority of S&P 500 stocks, which tells me that we're not, at least as of now, headed into an earnings recession for the S&P 500. Okay, Tesla's big day yesterday. Tesla had their... uh, investor day but there wasn't really all that much that i thought they were hoping for a twenty-five thousand dollar tesla that would disrupt the industry but it was largely a roadmap for a sustainable energy future for earth uh, with a reiterated goal for tesla to produce 20 million vehicles a year 20 million vehicles a year so anyways, uh, Wedbush believes that the Tesla presentation was a showcase event for the foundation being laid as, com- as the company being the EV leader. There's no question about that, that it's the EV leader uh, in the present uh, and in the future. Now, I think Tesla's uh, shares are not behaving all that well since the event. Yeah, yeah you're back down under a, 200. Yeah, they're down uh, down about a little less than 5% at the moment. They were down as much as 8 or so, I think, uh, you know, after hours and, and pre-market this morning. But you know, I think the biggest thing was you know, kind of laid out. It was more a laid out, you know, big vision, like you said, versus, you know, how, you know kind of how are you going to get there, right? They're talking about, you know, building, a, you know, cutting, uh, I think, the cost of, uh, I think they were talking about cutting the cost of uh, building a car, you know, virtually in half. Uh, so what does that car look like, right? Of course, they didn't have, you know, they don't, it's like they're 
unveiling a product at the at the event. But to me, I mean, the biggest thing you've seen some of the weakness in some of the lithium. Uh, I was just gonna today. say yeah. that. Well, Not so much the lithium, but the rare earth stocks. Right. Uh, yeah. MP Materials Sigma Lithium plunge on Tesla's plan for a motor without rare earths. Okay, so. You know, these stocks have been moving up recently. They're very volatile. I I like these stocks still. There's a, several that I like, like Lithium America, which just got the approval for a giant uh, mine there in, in Nevada near the Oregon border. And uh, I still like MP because rare earths are using a lot of other things uh, than just Tesla cars. But those stocks are down anywhere from 8 to 10%. Uh, after Musk uh, said that yesterday, yeah, so if you're using magnet technology, which he's you know he's used, you know, remember he's been working on kind of the uh, you know kind of bullet trains, not the right word, but you know the tunnels and using uh, you know magnets to to move uh, to move trains, and obviously there's magnetic trains already in the world, but you know talking about using basically a power train that um, you know uses magnets, so you don't uh, you know which is kind of as we've said, you almost for for. You know, EV. Everyone to be driving an EV at some point, you've got to have some type of technological innovation because there's not enough. You know, lithium and rare earth. They're called no. rare earth minerals. Minerals for a reason. Right? I've talked to a lot of people that think that the next uh, uh, generation is going to be hydro. Uh, you know, fuel cell. And mm-hmm. It's going to have to have to be hydrogen. When you had companies but, like uh, QuantumScape, remember, who were kind of been working yeah. on that solid-state battery forever, right, for a while. And, so there's, and there's plug be power, yeah. fuel cell energy. But uh, it seems to be a ways off because it doesn't seem like EVs are the, uh, are the permanent solution here. Okay, now, Microsoft, uh, they're still they're, they're down to the wire on Activision. The stock has not been behaving very well recently which for me creates a buying opportunity in Microsoft. They got all of that big energy and charge going from charge, uh, from uh, what is it called? From chat, uh, chat GPT. Chat GPT, yeah. the AI, they have the lead there. The stock has pulled back about $30 a share, which is about an 11% correction, and now it's sitting on its 50-day moving average. And uh, I'm just going to see what that does to its valuation here real quickly in the beststocksnowapp.com. And how is the wow. NASDAQ? I'd like to see how the NASDAQ compared at the same time because every time you sell QQQ, for example, right, you're selling you know, probably a tenth of a share or more of, of Microsoft and a tenth of a share or more of Apple, for example. To me, Microsoft is a good value again. Okay, I, listen, I'm just, I'm just going by my app, which... I really, I, I, you know, those five-year uh, target prices are really, really important. Really important. That's really the genesis of the uh, app was calculating target prices uh, based on, uh, you know, what their earnings are, what their earnings projections are, what kind of P.E. ratios they've traded at in the past, uh, and uh, that kind of a thing. So that's that's a critical. That plays a critical role. Those five, and I can't tell you how how much work I put into those five year target prices and keeping them fresh, uh, because you know now that uh, for instance Salesforce Salesforce's reported earnings, we now have a new earnings estimate for the next uh, 
for for next year, and that'll be uh, reflected in that uh, new uh, five-year valuation for the stock. So, in, in looking uh, out five years, aligns better with with you know align inter, you know inter, better with you know our clients in terms of being you know intermediate or long-term investors, right? Versus uh, you know a six-month price target or a tw- you know what you, you know kind of what our industry kind of focuses on, particularly in the analyst community. It's six to twelve months. It's like well. You know, it's kind of that's much a very unpredictable, a very unpredictable. The shorter the term, the more unpredictable it becomes. <laughs> right. yep. Actually, the longer term is more predictable, especially when you look at the indexes. I put up that uh, chart of the uh, Dow since 2008. It kind of puts things into perspective and it kind of quiets down the noise uh the daily noise the weekly noise of interest rates and fed speaking and all this kind of stuff okay broadcom's going to report tonight uh that should be interesting now a few under the radar stocks i i like to bring these up from time to time i have 352 b plus or better stocks right now in my app uh that's where i focus today you know they don't change from day to day there's usually a trend and you know, the, the strong stocks remain the strong stocks for quite some time. It's based on valuation. It's based on momentum and performance. One that's been showing up, and, and I actually put on the chart, you know, I have ways to annotate my charts. Uh, I use MarketSmith. I'll put on there top pick, top pick, if I really, really like something. And that means, you know, if, it, if it's good in the charts and I, I have an open space for the stock and looking to, to buy it, uh, you know, that would be a top candidate. One that's on my radar right now, Goosehead Insurance. Hey, the insurance stocks under the radar have been one of the best sectors in the entire market. Uh, our little ACGL and uh, our progressive insurance company, PGR, those have been two of the top performers which goes to show you, you know, you've got this sector rotation. You never know where leading sectors are going to come from. And you can't really rule out any sector. Best stocks now come from all walks of life. We talked about AutoZone recently and auto parts. But insurance, yeah. You know, insurance stocks are here. We're talking about these big rates that these bonds are paying. What do you think insurance stocks, how, how much money do they have to keep around in reserves? A lot to pay off claims right well they're making a heck of a lot more money on their reserves these days they were making nothing on their reserves in the past so goosehead is one gshd it's in the news today a director bought seven million dollars worth of the stock i have this one labeled as a top pick uh and uh that's a good chart that's a really good solid chart on that stock right now Okay, then now here's just a few uh, uh, bond things that have, I've watched this morning. Tiva, uh, it's it's a higher risk definitely, but I just want to give you an example of what's going on right now. They have seven and an eighth. Stanley Black and Decker, six percent for the next five years. Frontier Communications, eight and five eighths. That's a little out of uh, our range. That's a little too high, but I'm just telling you why the insurance stocks are doing well because a lot of this short-term cash is earning a lot of money right now we'll be right back you gotta go where you wanna go do what you wanna do 
And welcome back here to uh, the uh, final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show. I just want to bring up a few more in the news and uh, some more under the radar. Uh, Macy's, uh, you know what? Look, Macy's is old school. I know they've tried to uh, uh, get that online going, uh, but Macy's is having a good day. It is a bellwether for the consumer. Uh, Macy's is up 10.5%. They beat their top line and their bottom line. Uh, The problem is, for me, it's a non-growth company. Uh, Their sales have been flat now for years. Their earnings have been flat as uh, Amazon uh, continues to bite into their, uh, their... their business uh, it's not the same uh, environment we have today with the visits to Macy's used to anchor the malls okay Macy's was the anchor and uh, it's just it's now a different it's a planet, world out now there it's a today. planet fitness right exactly it's a different world out there today it's an online world well, now here's another you, remember, un- yesterday in terms of how many times the teenagers actually asked me to go to the mall <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, and I asked no. him again yesterday. Look, I'm like, when's the last time you went to the mall like without a parent to go buy something? He goes, I can't remember. I used to love to go to the mall, get an orange Julius and a, yeah, and and a Wetzel pretzel and mm. the food court and everything. But anyways, okay, here, the Chilean uh, 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 lithium stock, SQM's in the news. They report earnings. It's not going anywhere, though. I mean, their sales are booming. They're just earnings booming. sounded great, didn't they? And the stock hasn't moved an fantastic. inch. It sounded fantastic. It hasn't moved an inch. I mean, one of the problems they have, Chile is now run by far-left, uh, you know, almost communist, and uh, you have that political risk down there in Chile. And uh, so, you know what? I keep waiting for a sustainable rally in lithium stocks. I still like Albemarle the best. They don't have as much political risk as North Carolina, I don't think, at least not yet, as they do in Chile. So uh, Albemarle is still my top lithium pick. Best Buy, another kind of stock of yesteryear, uh, in my opinion. Uh, not uh, a consistent grower anymore. Uh, just a so-so stock. But uh, they had an okay report. I mean, that's... We're, it, it's not showing that we're going into any kind of recession with the consumer by any means, and I'm not seeing any kind of an earnings recession out there uh, on the uh, on, 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 in the future. American Eagle has a pretty good report. Another kind of mall-based stock. It's up four percent today. Now here's an under the radar uh, stock that I was going to bring up here: <clears throat> Cyplay, S C P L. Cyplay is up 4.8%. That's a little one that I personally own, okay, so uh, I just want to disclose that. But it's a high, it, they develop, design, and publish digital games for mobile and web platforms. And uh, they just had a monster quarter here today. Their, their earnings up 256%, their sales up 18%. But it's out there on the edge. It's a $2 billion company. And uh, I found it using my best stocks now app.com. It's SCPL. Another one that I'm going to do some work on front door. Look at this thing FTDR, which provides home service plans. American homes. You see all these. Is that the George Foreman uh, ads where, you know, the 
you got a leak in the pipe and they're not worried because oh, yeah, covered AC with the, went. Yeah, one of some of those, right? So front door FD FTDR. I can't tell you how many times I wish I had some kind of a plan. I want a sprinkler plan. Do they make a sprinkler plan? Oh my gosh, it's always something, you know, under the ground. Or, okay, and now I want to check one more here. Uh, Techno glass. Yeah, well, I found I I found a picture of a of a of I think it was Old Faithful blowing. I said I got a little sprinkler leak in my backyard. I finally found a sprinkler guy, so he's taking care of everything. As you know, you get blasted in the face a few times with muddy water. And it's like, you know, I'm going to call a sprinkler guy next. Now, that's for all you do-it-yourself people that manage your own portfolios. I'm sure you get a little gusher. Well, you know what? Sometimes you got to call in a pro that's been doing it for 23 years, right? The sprinkler guy I brought in has been doing it for 23 years, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, he knows, his, he knows his elbows and his half-inch and his PVC cement. Technoglass is another under-the-radar, hitting a new high today. I have on my chart here i have annotation top top stock 108 percent upside potential manufactures tempered safety laminated thermoacoustic glass for commercial residential buildings and i continue to say it's surprising how well the building industry has held up the home builders uh, builders first source which we talked about bldr Technoglass also comes from that. Uh, it's been about a 40 to 50% grower, believe it or not. Uh, building and construction products hitting a new high after a really solid report here today. Okay, let's see if there's any more. Well, you know, the Dow is being led by Salesforce. That's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's all Salesforce when you look at the Dow and the S&P 500, which is also being helped by Macy's. Uh, and in the NASDAQ, it seems to be the only stocks really with any life to them today are the Chinese stocks. They are all over the place uh, over the last couple of years. I just can't touch those Chinese stocks myself, but NetEase up 4%, Baidu up 3.2%. Well, you can see there's a lot underneath the surface of the market every day. Most of us hear the headlines and the averages and whatnot, but, I mean, we're down there looking underneath the market, the headlines, every single day at the individual stocks because I personally prefer to own uh, individual stocks as opposed to uh, ETFs and mutual funds. I use ETFs for smaller accounts that you can't really buy uh, uh, stocks in there because it's too small to buy uh, 20 stocks, but you know my portfolio is basically made up when they're fully invested of about 20 stocks, uh, whether it's the emerging growth, the ultra growth, the premier growth, or the dividend and growth portfolio. And then of course the bond portfolio. Man, every day I'm seeing something just about that. Uh, you say to yourself, "Gosh, Black and Decker, Stanley." Uh, you go to Home Depot. That's like the first, uh, you know, first big chunk of Home Depot and Lowe's is is uh, Black and Decker, and uh, that's, uh, you know, there was a 6% bond. I'm just giving these as examples of the environment right now. Well, if you'd like to talk to us, give us a call at 855-611-BEST, 855-611-BEST, or uh, sample the newsletter. I go to work on it later today, updating that uh, S&P 500 target price, all of our portfolios, etc., 
GundersonCapital.com. Get two free weeks. GundersonCapital.com. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.